Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Daily Sales Show. Let us know where you are tuning in from in the chat. Make sure you switch that chat to everyone. Let us know where you're tuning in from. I am in a very rainy Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, we do this show every single day. If you are returning, welcome back. And if you are new, you can catch us at sellbetter.xyz or by scanning that code up on your screen. You guys, today we are here to talk about the ultimate cold email showdown. It's personalization versus relevance. Okay, Athens, Greece. Hello. Welcome. Um, I think it's like the it's the best one I've seen in a while, you guys. I want to be where you are. Um, okay. Today we have the wonderful Julia Carter and the fantastic Heidi Briones. And we are going to be talking about personalization versus relevance. Ladies, can you give us like your best? boxing stance so like we're about to duke it out in like the nicest way possible oh okay i like it wait dublin ireland in the chat as well how fantastic is this so you're about to meet these two fabulous sellers but before you do i just want to give a huge shout out to our fantastic sponsors we could not do this show every day without them um they are wonderful if you have not heard of or don't already use Vidyard and Zoom Info, um, then go ahead and check them out. We are putting a link in the chat here, um, and it is a guide that you can peek at from Vidyard. It is four strategies for running demos. So if that's something you're looking to do, check it out at that link over there in the chat. Okay. Today's agenda. While we're doing this, if you don't mind filling out our poll so we know who's in the room and we can chat specifically to the roles that we got here. Um, we're going to talk about a few different things. Differences between relevance and personalization when it comes to cold email. Uh, Heidi and Julia have some real world and maybe not so real world examples of both. And then we're going to talk about when to choose and when to pick personalization versus relevance. Let's see who's in the room. Love it. Got lots of um, sellers, which is fantastic. We like to see it. Ladies, I got to hear. Which side of the coin are you on relevance or personalization? Julia, who's, whose corner are you in today? Well, this is not a shock to anyone here. Obviously, I'm team relevance. Could not be on team personalization. I don't have time for that. Too much effort. Yields little reward. I'm pers or relevance the whole way, every single time. Did I hear a little slip up there? You were about to I say. I correct. <laughs> you did. Oh, I already I'm see. Now I'm like probably a year. <laughs> I already see in the chat here people who are trying to say like you got to change their minds. I like this. Okay, so Heidi, that means your team personalization. Yes, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always have to be relevant. So, you know, I mean, you can't just send irrelevant, you know, <laughs> obviously sales emails and expect a huge response. But I do think there is a time and a place um, when personalization can take you over that edge and make you stand out. Um, with your prospects. And it's worked for me in the past. So I'm here to, you know, argue for personalization and when it's useful. So, um, you know, basically it shows the person that you know them. And if they get that email, they know it couldn't be for anybody else. There's no possible way. And that can work in your favor sometimes. I love it. Okay. Make sure if attendees, make sure you change your chat to everyone so that everyone can see this banter going back and forth over here. But I have to know, I have to know where the room stands. We got to do another poll really quick before we jump in. Are you ready? This is where you have to tell us what team are you on? You go personalized, you go relevant, both in the same email, or it depends. And I will tell you that I think that is like the most sales answer ever. Both the last two yeah. <laughs> the most sale you get <laughs> the most sales answer ever. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah. I mean both, yes. Ideally, right? Yeah. Ideally. A great perfect world, but it is not a perfect world. <laughs> All of my answers to every single question, I started catching myself, but every question, well, it really depends. Well, you know, it truly depends. <laughs> depends on the situation. Okay, I'm seeing a ton of chatter here, but let's see, share the results. If we take out both in the same email and the, it depends, it looks like relevant is got a little bit of a leg up. So Heidi, we've got some work to do on this audience to show them what is going on. Okay. Let's dive right in and talk about we were thinking when we were doing our pre-call on this and we were really thinking about it, we had a lot of people who come to the show on a regular basis and we all have different title types that we're selling to. Everyone throw who your buyer is in the chat. Are you selling to marketing, sales, finance, IT? Oh, CISO. Mm. Yeah, like we're all over the place. Everyone here sells to different buyers in different industries. So we were thinking um, about who could really be a buyer for everyone in the room. And there's truly only one answer to that question. There's one human that is the ultimate buyer for all of us and could buy all of our softwares. You ready for a drum roll? Ladies, can we drum roll? <laughs> drum roll a little jazz hands. So um, the buyer today is the one and only Barbara Roberts. Barbie. <laughs> Wait, I had no idea. Barbara Roberts? Uh, and <laughs> Not her last name, right? I'll go with it. I'll believe you. I think it is. And if you, um, if you have small children and you've seen the movie, every Barbie in our house is the crazy Barbie. Well, like 95% of them. Um, Every there we go. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> Barbara Millicent Roberts, even better. So we're selling to Barbie today because she could really be any career, any job. She's had them all. So I want to kick us off and and hear from Heidi. Heidi, do you mind if I share the email that you wrote to Barbie that yeah, is don't mind personalized? Sure. Okay. Walk us through this. Here we go. Yeah, so 
I'll be frank, I haven't seen the movie, but I've heard <laughs> third parts um, spoken about. And I guess there's a part um, in the movie, which is, you know, super you know, recent that uh, the guys kind of go in and mess up their their playhouse and make it all like dude like. So um, so my thought was, hey, you know, just saw what the Kens did to your, you know, your playhouse those jerks like we can help you like and we'll come in and you know get rid of the icky boy stuff and you want to see how that works um so yeah so this was just super personal basically something that i found in my research you know theoretically that barbie could use some help with that i definitely couldn't send to you know anybody else um other than barbie so that was that was my shot it was happening right there when you are doing research on Mm -hmm. your clients maybe not Barbie in this instance, but if you're going to go send a message to a prospect of yours, where are you looking for personalization information? Sure. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff luckily can be automated now. Um, So I think I shared an example with you, but you can, you know, use APIs and AI to really search Google and find this type of information and see if there's anything that pops up that's relevant, that's like an article or a post or a podcast this person's been on and take a quick glance and see if there's anything that you could use that would be, you know, highly personalized, you know, asking them a question about something that just happened that they posted about or something that's um, online and public. Uh, Not to be creepy, but something that they know is out there and that people have seen and that, you know, they they can immediately attach themselves to. So I essentially can just, you know, do a quick search either on LinkedIn or Google. And if I find something great, if I don't, then fine. They go, you know, into a, a relevant pile of leads that are just going to get something that's, you know, generally relevant to what they do and nothing crazy personalized. But if I do find something, I want to show them that, you know, I did do a little extra step for them. What are some of the like top things that you choose? Is it more about their job? Is it more about like it's more about their interests, like their particular okay. interests. If they've been on a podcast, for example, talking about mm-hmm. something specific that they really care about, um, then I might, you know, if I can tie that into what we're doing, I might, you know, put that into the email and be like, hey, what do you think about this? I noticed you were on the Sell Better podcast the other day and you were, you know, talking about personalization. How do you how do you find, you know, personalization works in this way? I might ask them a question, get a conversation started. Or, you know, some spicy quote that they posted online, it might be like, hey, I noticed that you're really passionate about this specific issue. You know, this is what we do here. Have you considered that? So, you know, if I find something, you don't always, some people don't have any online presence or anything that you can find, and that's totally okay. But if I find something, that's going to really make me stand out as somebody who took the extra time to, you know, know a little bit more about them. And, you know, they're going to appreciate that. Yeah, I really like that you said podcast. I love, I dig on YouTube. If I'm going to yep, personalize something, I love a YouTube search. And I got to pull up um, Thomas Dunn over here. How much time, Heidi, do you spend? If you're going to personalize, how much time do you go research? How much time does it take you to write one message? Like almost no time at all now with, I mean, now that I know APIs and AI, I mean, I can literally just do the search within a matter of seconds and have it pull into a database and take a quick look. And then, you know, pull that into whatever I'm using, if it's instantly or whatever SCP, like a lot of that can be all fully automated. And I just might have to do a little editing, just like edit, you know, whatever was generated and make sure it sounds, you know, legit and human. Yeah, yeah. But everyone wants to know what tools you're using for that. I use Rose um, as something I use, but you could use Airtable or Google Sheets. And then the APIs for Google search are free um, as far as I know. So you can pull in the free Google search API into any of those and have it pull in their name. 
do a quick search, pull in a certain amount, um, you know, and then have that have um, open AI that costs a little bit, um, barely open AI API costs a few pennies. You can have that attached and then throw that into another column that gives you like an example of words that you could use in the email. And yeah, I'm not going to use this for everybody, but I think it's worth it for certain prospects to, you know, run that through and see if there's anything that I could pop in there. Okay, Julia's skin is crawling right now, you guys. I don't know if you can see it. She's just like waiting to jump in here. I know she does, Meg. She makes it sound so easy. We need to do like a, we'll do like a little sidebar with Heidi on her API, a little demo action. Um, Yeah, Julia is ready, Mason. You're right. So when you're thinking about this, when's the last time that you truly personalized an email? Like literally like a year and a half ago, probably. A year and a half? A year and a half. I do some like customization for like special one-offs, but like it's the same template. I just paste a different image in it each time. So I don't really do it at all for cold outreach unless there's some magical connection I have with someone that it's like we went to the same high school or like something that's so niche. Like I went to a very small boarding school. So like if someone went there, like obviously I'd mention it, but... Like if you know Um, them, like if you're going to sell me something, are you going to personalize a message or no? (laughs) I'm getting in the bucket. Well, so in my opinion, like relevance is more like why I'm reaching out to you, whereas personalization is like I made this message for you. And I think that oftentimes like personalization can't save you from like the the meat of the message. And obviously, like Heidi said, like in theory, everything should be like going to the right person. But I think that a lot of people miss that. They like export these bulk lists and they like do this kind of like vague checking. Like half the battle in like cold outreach is the list. Like if your list is bad, like no amount of personalization, nothing can save you no matter how good your message is. Mm -hmm. So I prefer to just go off of like extremely clear triggers. And then the trigger is so clear and niche that every message can be the same because it sounds it sounds like it's kind of made for them and they get it, but the trigger should be so clear. And if you work for like an all-in-one solution, like just pick one thing, one really clear thing. If you work for a point solution, like obviously you can just kind of go for one. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I go about it. Can I bring up your Barbie email? Oh my God, yeah, please. Okay, walk us through it. Okay, so here's my Barbie email because Barbie's a queen. Um, so I just said like, hey, Barbie, saw your redesign. Well, first of all, before going into this, in theory, I've prospected this list of people from some like home building website, some contractors I partner with. Like my list should all be people who are redesigning their house. So that's who's gone into it. Um, but then it's just like, hey, saw you redesigning your house. Like exciting. How are you making sure everything fits properly and looks how you envision it? Only reason I ask is because a lot of people are using augmented reality to make sure all the items they buy will fit in the space and look how they want before they order everything. For example, like here's how you could plan your layout or like so. Let me know if this seems interesting. So it's not that different from Heidi's email in theory. It's kind of like, okay, context, all this stuff. But if your list has everyone who is redesigning their house, and you kind of frame it in this casual format, like you don't need to do anything else. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Yeah, it can be just fire off as it merge. Um, and I know you also can, you have an example of this from real your real life, not your Barbie life. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, so this is my first email that I send that has pretty much booked with every major retailer out there. Um, Sorry for the tiny text. Yeah. Can't read them in. But yeah, like my prospects are um, like retailers and e-commerce brands. And this email has, with no added effort, has pretty much booked with like almost every major brand you can probably think of. But it's just like, hey, George, or George came across your catalog ads and saw they're pulling straight from your product feed. Could those look a little more on brand by adding elements like these before product shot like yours? After adding branding um, and pricing, color, et cetera, let me know what you think. That's literally it. <laughs> and everyone can get the same exact one because every single person in this list is running that type of ad format and they run those ads. So there's no need for me to like, really be like, hey, I saw you're running your summer sale or I here's the ad I saw like takes too much time. So. Um, okay. On the other side of things, like Heidi, if you you got that email and it was your ad, would it feel different than if it's somebody else's ad? Just playing devil's advocate here. I like to stir the pot. Are you like, I want to see that's from someone else's someone else's pants from someone else's company? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it depends. I mean, if it was relevant to me and I, that it is something that I need, it doesn't really matter um, what image is in there. So Julia does have a point there. Um, you know, however, I think it, it just truly like is going to depend on how, you know, how much I want them to show me they know me, like how many emails am I getting really that are similar to that? So am I a marketing executive getting 500 emails and they all kind of look like that? Um, people trying to sell me something similar or, you know, or not, or am I somebody that's like, Hey, I just don't care. I actually do need a solution to this. So, um, all of that's going to come down to whatever research you do. Like, I mean, if you find this person, this marketing executive, and they're constantly complaining about getting emails or something online, that's something that you can see pretty quickly. Then you might want to be like, Hey, you know, take that extra second to personalize that. But completely going to depend on your target market and how big it is. If you have a massive target market, and you are sending thousands or tens of thousands of emails a month, and that's totally fine because you can help so many people, then whatever. But if you have like, let's say you only have 200 like ideal prospects to work, like you you might not want to burn through them and you may want to take some extra time. So I think the whole depends, um, you know, argument does apply and it really depends on how big your target market is, um, how much time you're going to spend, um, you know, standing out in these emails. Or if it's fine, if you get like a 5% response, sending thousands and thousands of emails, that might be totally enough um, for whatever quota you have. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I'm a one man sales. Uh, <laughs> I'm the only person at my company who does sales. So right on. Me, yeah. Time is of the essence. <laughs> totally. Totally. And I know people that, you know, they, they work at a company, then they sell enterprise and they have a very, you know, tight amount of companies they have to reach out to. Yeah, they only have walmart and target and a few and it, they're okay you know the company's okay if it takes them six months to book something with walmart mm -hmm. and then so it doesn't really make sense maybe for them to send out you know the same email to all the people you know that they're trying to reach at walmart they may you know need to take that extra time so totally dependent on your role um you know you really have to think uh critically about what you're doing as far as relevance versus personalization and when it makes sense but i do agree with julie of course that it should always be relevant you can't pop a irrelevant email to somebody that's just, you know, mentions their alma mater or their dog or something. That's obviously not going to do anything for them if they don't care. I should have normalized it, but I got an email um, 
just last week and they wanted to give me like it was someone trying to sell me a list of mortuaries. And I was like, um, is that I like, is that relevant? I don't know. I really liked Derek said up in the chat a little bit earlier that seeing like that um, keeping up with the Joneses factor. So like seeing other companies like I want to see what my competitors are doing. I want to see like that could drive some interest, too. So I like that. I like that point of view. This is why we do this. Look at all this like idea share going back and forth. So we've determined that it's like, how much time do you have? How big is your patch? Like, how many accounts do you have? Um, what other factors do you both put in? Like, the Julia, what would make you want to personalize and Heidi vice versa? I think it also depends on your trigger. I'm like a firm believer that pretty much everyone can find some sort of trigger out there to like figure out if someone's a good fit or not. Like if you're selling like SEO software, like you could just easily look at like the keywords they're running. Or if you're selling like cybersecurity, like you could probably either look at like competitors people are using or like if anyone's had a data breach or things like that, like everyone can usually find something. I think if you cannot find something like you really just can't find something, well, you need to like refigure out your ICP and like reevaluate your life. But then you might want to lean more heavily onto that because if you have a strong trigger, you don't in theory, you could just make the rest the the message so niche that like you don't need to add anything. Um, but also, yeah, if you don't have a lot of accounts, like I get it, like the territory is my world, so I can just go after whoever I want. But I also work with like a niche group of people. So it's not like, you know, there's only so many, you know, Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom and all those things. There's only so many of those accounts, but right. I'm not like particularly limited to only Heidi, you have a chart that helps you decide when you do each. Is that right? Yeah, super, super simple. I mean, yeah, feel free to, to share it if you like. pull it up. Yeah, so I mean, you know, this is about as simple as it gets. But, you know, like Julia had mentioned before, like, do you know them? Because if I actually know this person, I would feel silly just sending them the same message that I send everybody else. Like if they're actually somebody that's a friend of mine, let's say you're selling SaaS to other salespeople and you really know this person, you talk to them all the time. I'm not just going to send them like a boilerplate. They're going to think that's really weird coming from yeah. me when I've talked to them like all the time and we're making jokes and, you know, I'm definitely going to personalize it um, to them. So that's kind of rare. That might not always come up or it might never come up you that you know them um but you know that's something to consider or do you have like a second level connection um that can kind of bridge that if that's not the case which is going to be 99 percent of the time then i'm going to pop them into you know some way to do research on them to you know like i mentioned before i can automate most of that find something in my research did i find something that i think i can use yes then i'm going to go ahead and personalize that if i didn't find anything then i'm going to put them in just a relevancy bucket and they're going to receive something similar um, to everybody else. So really easy way for me to think about, you know, who am I going to really personalize these things for? Because uh, it really comes down to, like Julia mentioned, your list. I want to spend like 10 times as much time going through my list and making sure I'm not throwing in, you know, Leslie, who I just did a podcast with into a generic template. Like uh, she's going to know, like she's going to be like, hey, why is Heidi sending me the call? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay, so I thought this was really interesting. And hey, if you have questions, put them in the Q&A section at the bottom because the chat moves and 
it scrolls and then we can't see it. So throw them in the Q&A section. You can also thumbs up a vote or vote on someone else's question. If you want to hear it get answered, we'll start there. Um, but I I did happen to see Kayla's message here, new SDR. They're talking about allocating time to like going through the lists. And Julia, you mentioned the list is everything. Um, you know, Heidi, you're talking about this time and deciding where they go in your factor. And that's relatively quick. How much time in each of your processes is it about making sure that you're like teed up and you have your research done, you're putting people in the correct lists and all of that before you actually start sending, messaging, calling, whatever that happens to be? Yeah, like the list is everything. Like if your list is not good, like your meetings will all be good. If you're at a company with like a bad show rate, your list probably sucks. Like that's just the reality of it. Like I've had one no show all year, all outbound. Wow. My list is good because these people like know what I'm talking about and they're like sick. Like this sounds cool. And this could be literally anyone like if you're so I think the list is half the battle because a lot of people export from like some big database and then they just blast out their message or they personalize it and they're like, oh, I'm going to make this nice message. But like, why are you reaching out to them? If you can't go down the list and say why I'm reaching out to Julia Carter, then you need to take them off the list or figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah, I like to spend like probably a ridiculous amount of time on list building because then everything else goes faster in your whole process. So you have to think like if you spend that time up front making sure that that list is super clean, like clean data, clean emails, clean phone numbers, if you're calling them relevant reason for reaching out. And then if you want to personalize having them in a separate bucket um, to do that personalization, then everything else can be super automated these days and go super fast after that. And when you send those emails and when you make those calls, you know exactly, you know, why you're reaching out, like Julia said, who this person is, what to say. Um, So I think a lot of people do it the opposite way and then get very frustrated with cold outreach as they don't spend a lot of time on the list. And then they go through and they're like, this is impossible. Like, I can't do this. Like, no one cares. And it's like, well, yeah, they probably don't care because you're just trying to like hit your KPIs and like maybe make your manager happy and hit your dials. But you need to maybe have, you know, coming to Jesus moment with whoever is managing you and let them know, hey, man, I got to spend like two to three days up front here going through this. I promise, like, I will get through these dials and these emails, but I have to spend this time up front because if I don't, none of it's going to matter. And you're going to be asking me in a couple of weeks why, you know, I'm not converting anything. So it's all about the list, 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 first of all, and everything else should run smooth after that if you did your work up front. So I think we have an agreement here in our battle. I mean, that's this <laughs> is important. <laughs> I see a lot of teams who do this as a group. So it really depends. Like if you're getting your list at the beginning of the year, that typically doesn't always happen that way, right? So like if you get to go search like Julia, you can kind of go hunt for your own within your ICP. So it. I mean, I see people chunk it up in different ways, whatever's working best for you if you do everything all at once because you have one territory and it's going to stay that way for the full year. Like Heidi said, like set us up a a couple of days aside up front. If you get to like keep going, maybe it's a monthly thing where you take a planning day for the month and and have the whole team do it together. Or if you're Julia by herself, (laughs) stick on the radio. No, I'm just kidding. Old yeah. friend. Um, okay, we are going to jump into the Q and A. So, if you have questions, 
or there's a question in there that you like, go ahead and bump up. Hold the phones. Mason does not use a list. How, well, what do you do? You open the phone book? Like, do we throw it. darts? Who are you? Who, who are you? Oh, yeah. this is going to be like a whole nother sidebar. Mason, we're coming back to you. But let's talk about the Q&A section here. Okay. Um, do either of you have a template? Anonymous attendee. So Barbara, um, anonymous attendee asks, can you share an example of your personalization template? Do either of you have like a standard format that you use if you're going to personalize something? Heidi? I don't really because that's kind of the point of personalization. I mean, to me, is like I'm going to make it a little different and a little quirky and outside the template. Um, but I mean, I do have that database that I mentioned where I'll pull um, from Google, and then I have it run through um, Open API, the OpenAI API, and then give me some keywords in there, and then I'll maybe put, you know, have it make me like a little sentence that's personalized based on those keywords, and I may use it or I may change it or I may throw it out. Um, but I'm using AI. Um, really, I have like prompts and all that. And I'm happy to share that later on. But uh, yeah, it's it's things that we can automate these days. And there's so many prompts and there's a million carousels on LinkedIn <laughs> for doing this type of stuff. So I think that yeah. the best way to do is to play with it um, and figure it out. And like I mentioned, if you have the ability to use APIs, which everyone should have and learn at this point, should not take you that long to figure out what templates and kind of, you know, prompts work for you. Mini follow-up question really fast. Who's your favorite LinkedIn AI creator? Like, who do you go look to for information on AI on LinkedIn? Um, I'm more on the APIs than AI, I guess, but okay. I like Jesse Ola. Um, I, I, yeah, I love Jesse's yeah. stuff with APIs. He does a little bit of AI mixed in there and he's taught me a ton. So I kind of start with him because he, um, he knows his stuff as far as pulling that information. And then after that, you know, it's all fun and games. You can get creative, but you have to know how to get that information from all of these free or super cheap APIs that are out there now. Yeah, love it. Okay. Alan asks, Julia, can you give me some examples of triggers selling to the same audience? Uh-oh, are we a competitor? No, it's okay. Honestly, everything. <laughs> no, I love trending triggers. Like it, I do like a little mini LinkedIn series where I pretend I'm selling something I don't sell. And like I try and figure out like how to reach out to them. But I think just think about your product. What are you selling? I don't really care what you're selling, but there's a reason you're selling it to people. Like there's some something somewhere, you know, maybe they're like they have a big sales team. They need to like ramp people faster. Maybe like, I don't know. There's some reason you're selling it. And the trigger should be like why you're reaching out. Like I sell paint social software for dynamic product ads. So I just find brands who are running dynamic product ads. Like it's it should be pretty, pretty seamless figuring it out. I like, okay, either of you, Mason asks, and Mason, we're still coming back to you, so don't worry. Either of you try using video as no. part of your outreach. Try it. I haven't had much success, I'll admit, but I also haven't tried enough. I think that if you want to try video and you really want to take it serious, you have to do like at least 100 um, yeah. videos. Oh, at least. At least to like learn like what's working, what's not, see if you get any sort of response. And if you don't feel comfortable with it and it's like horrible for you, then like, yeah, obviously like don't do it and like leverage like what feels good and what your strengths are. Um, If your strengths are writing, obviously you're leveraging emails more. If your strength is conversation, jump on the phone. You can even use audio messages on LinkedIn. People have a lot of luck with that. Um, But yeah, video is not something I've invested a whole lot in um chris bogue is a good guy to follow for video and he's tried to get me 
on the team video uh, for some time. And I think it can work for certain markets like solopreneurs or maybe agencies or certain things or recruiters for sure. But I've never really been in a target um, audience that it would work for. They really just don't care. So I, I've tried it and it didn't do anything for me. I, on the other hand, have had great success with video okay. and audio messages. So, I mean, I think it's different for everyone. I only do them when I can do personalized, though, I got to say. Um, relevant videos for me don't work and I get a much lower response rate. Uh, if I have something personalized to say, video. Oh, Austin says audio message. Yeah, you listen to him. I, everyone is different. And I think that it's like trying trying what works for your audience, yeah. right? I will say um, video replies can work really well. That is one area where I've seen, like if somebody asks you a specific question, like how does this work? Um, sometimes doing like a screen share, like a Loom video and then making it exactly to them and what they asked for, that's what piece of meeting. So that's, yeah. a, that's a rare one-off, but it can work. Yeah. And follow-ups. Yeah. It's great for follow-ups. Yeah, following right? ups, that kind of thing. When you already know them, I think it can work really well. Like yeah. Lily Cold hasn't really done much for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it just depends on your ICP. Yeah. Some people like it, certain people don't. I think people it can work for, but definitely not for every target market. Time out. I think I might have seen Phoenix in the chat here who sent me a first uh, message via song on video. Oh, my gosh. I took a meeting, of course. I think I saw him. If Phoenix is <laughs> in here, give us a wave. Um, okay. Couple more questions here. Luke asks, Images in the first email doesn't get caught in spam folder. Julia, you said you have a high open rate on that with your images, right? Yeah. I mean, I really don't care. Like a lot of people are like, oh my God, like does it hurt your spam? Like I don't care if it hurts my spam because the picture is what's getting the replies. So I don't really care. Is it probably the best? No, but I also saw some chart someone posted. Like I don't think it actually matters that much. Like, could I improve my deliverability by like using more domains and doing all this stuff? Like, yeah, but am I going to do it? No. <laughs> so, um, okay. yeah, if it gets replies, that's all I care about. And even if it hurts overall. Yeah. Then you're OK with it. You're OK with taking that hand with it. You have to pick your battles and outreach. You know what I mean? Like there are battles to pick and you have to choose them. So that is one I'm I'm just I've taken on. <laughs> that sounds like a Barbie quote. Um yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. This next one, and Jack, tell me if I'm getting this right. Would you wager being in B2B to C plays a role why you can be more relevant as compared to being B2B reaching out to execs who expect the show me you know me mentality. So it's more about like the persona um, a whole bunch of B2B sales execs are sitting on LinkedIn reading the show me, you know me, reading the personalization factor. They're waiting for you to personalize something to them versus maybe the audience you're calling into. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, I know you go. Hi. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely makes a difference, but I think it, it still depends on what you're selling. I mean, if it's B2C and something like everybody needs, like, I don't know, toilet paper or something like it's not really going to matter, you know? Like, it's just like you can blast like ads like all day and like, you, you know, whatever. But if it's something, let's say it's like insurance or like health insurance, B2C, then, yeah, you're going to want to show them that you you know something about their situation, you know, and like ask them some questions and maybe be a little more personal or in your follow ups. So, again, it's going to completely depend on what you're selling and who you're selling to. I wouldn't say it's like B2B or B2C. And it also depends on that research. Like if you 
literally saw somebody on LinkedIn say, I hate it when I get a generic, you know, email from a salesperson. You better like show me that you know me in some way. Then you probably want to show them you know them if you have to reach out to them and they're on your list. Like you probably don't want to ignore that. So that's why I think like doing that little bit of research and, you know, trying to automate it and see what you can find and taking that a couple seconds could be worth it on some people. And then again, like it really just you're going to have to think critically about what you sell. And if you need a personalize or not, is it an emotional sale? Is it a logical sale? Um, what kind of sale are you actually making to this person? Are you competing with others selling the same thing? Um, so you have to stand out in that way and be even more relevant and be even more specific with triggers like Julia does. Or, or you know, do, is, does it not really matter? Does it more of a relationship-based sale? Like some sales that you do are relationship-based, like real estate or or otherwise, and they're very emotional, right? right. Their house, their home. So really, you have to do that critical thinking up front um, and figure out what are you selling, who you're selling to, what are their pain points, and how can you reach them? But Julia fired back here in the uh, in the comments that she's even booked CMO, yeah. big retail brands, no personalization. So yeah, yeah, just yeah, that beautiful email you saw, like yeah, yeah, it doesn't. I don't need to personalize for them. I think people just want a message that makes sense to them and that hits. And sometimes you don't gotta do anything crazy with it. Okay, another spicy question as a follow-up for that. Um, I think, Julia, that you might have mentioned, are you email only? What's your, what's like, are what's your mix of channels? Email, social, phone, what are you, what are your... Um, I don't old call because I think performance marketers would rather die than receive a cold call. Um, but yeah, so I just do all email. It's funny, like when I first joined this job, they're like, you need to make $150 a day. Here's your cadence. Here's your list. And I said, well, do you want me to book meetings or do you want me to do my activities? And they said, I want you to book meetings. And I said, OK, well, I'm not going to do any. <laughs> and then I blew it out of the park, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just do email. I used to do LinkedIn. I and I've not really been doing that as much lately because my LinkedIn is so saturated with salespeople now that it takes like forever for me to find all my performance marketing peeps in there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> How about Heidi? What Do you have a mix? What do you got going on in a sequence or cadence outbound? I do a mix. Um, I've probably booked maybe 60% or so from email, like overall, um, you know, just in my lifetime, um, maybe 40% from probably 30%, I guess, from cold calls and maybe a tiny bit from LinkedIn. Um, but I mean, yeah, I prefer email because you can scale it so much more. But then again, um, there are certain um, prospects that it's just not going to work for um, yeah. certain reasons. And they do want to hear you over the phone. Um, they like that and that's going to resonate with them. So again, it's going to come back to what are you selling? Who are you selling it to? Um, are you able to reach them over the phone? Like, do you have the data for them? Some prospects, it's very hard to find direct dials. They're working remote. There's startups, that type of thing. Um, you know, not going to work as well. But if you have direct dials, like something like attorneys' offices and, and people that are going to answer their phone, then that's completely different. And then you want to think, okay, I'm calling this this person. They have a, a culture of answering their direct dial. So then that might be a great channel for me to reach. And I'm missing out if I'm not getting them on the phone. Yeah. I think like both of you hit that point where it's really understanding who your buyers are and the persona and the industry that they're in. And both of you mentioned how you're thinking about them. And that matters because all of us are comfortable with different things. Like, do you audio text? Do you text? Do you like to pick up the phone and talk to people? What do you like? 
everyone's a little bit different, right? So like trying to understand what the comfort level is and what the preferences are, generically speaking. I think you both, like you both mentioned that and not so many or different words. Um, okay, so we are rounding up here. Heidi, people want to know if you'll share the AI sources. Maybe we'll do like a little quick video um, with Heidi that we can send out to everyone. But um, could do you mind typing them in the chat for everyone as we're wrapping up here? So sure. that they can see, um, you mentioned rows and all sorts of fun things. Um, as we're wrapping up this kind of battle, I mean, it was pretty battly, right? We had some hot takes on here. Um, as we're wrapping up today, I would love if you could just do like, Julia, what is one thing that you want everyone to like walk away with about your stance on relevance and why should they try moving towards like the relevance side of things? Yeah, I think one, make a good list. If you cannot figure out why you're reaching out to everyone on your list, then you're that's why your cold outreach isn't working. So that and then just figure out why you're reaching out to people. And then I think people will tend to respond a bit better. So, you know, that's really what I do. Heidi, I don't mean to have you multitask. Do you have one thing that you want everyone to feel about the personalization side of things as we're wrapping up? Yeah, I think make sure that you are spending the time, like Julia said, cleaning out your list and putting people into relevant buckets. And if you have like a tier one, like I would do anything to get these prospects list, I would say, you know, use some of the tools that we have available to us in 2023 do a quick, um, you know, search to see if there's anything that you can personalize for those top tier people that you don't want to burn. Um, and then take that extra, you know, couple minutes, like it doesn't have to take that long. Um, but certainly, you know, I do agree that you always have to be relevant and you always have to have a reason for reaching out and that can't ever, you know, drop away. But I do think there are times where it can help you push you over that edge um, to be a little personal and show them that you did that extra five minutes of research to stand out from the other emails they're getting. Okay, before I let everyone off the hook here, I've got to know, we had 14% personalized before, 34% relevant. I'm going to relaunch it. We got to see one more time. Where do you stand now? Did it change? Are we voting the same direction? Or are we still going the both and it depends? We just have to try it out. Um, while that poll is loading here, I do want to share that um, we're going to be back tomorrow, uh, same time, same place. James will be your host tomorrow. And it's the next part of our AI series. So a lot of AI talk here today, AI and APIs. You can jump on there tomorrow if you'd like. Find it at sellbetter.xyz. And um, let's see what where this poll ends us up here. Okay. We got one more percent. Heidi, you brought an additional person over, but pretty much everyone's sticking in the same buckets. We like to see it still. Um, we dropped Julia and Heidi's LinkedIn pages in the chat here for you so you can connect with them. If you have any questions or anything else you want to see, feel free to send me a message as well. And ladies, thank you so much. And Barbie is buying from both of you, or she's getting quotes from both of you at least, yeah. right? <laughs> All right, Barbie. Um, Thanks for joining us today and everyone have an awesome day selling. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks everybody. Bye.